0: all right here's a deep focus from june 12th 2023 this is part three of three parts vijay Iyer is my guest mccoy tyner is our topic if you haven't heard one and two i would start in the beginning but it's your show not mine okay enjoy change gears a little bit there you are listening to wkcr fm new york wkcr hd1 wkcr.org perhaps on the web any place on this planet at least and uh, 89.9 fm here in new york city anytime anywhere on your phone you can listen to the deep focus podcast which just hit 300 episodes and counting That we've got up there, every one of these programs we've done. For instance, our guest in the studio tonight, Vijay Iyer, you were here, I think it was 2013, first time we were here, we talked about and played the music of Andrew Hill. Oh, yes. That was quite a treat. Then, on October 11th, Hmm. 2016, Hmm. we did Thelonious Monk. Yes. Which was Monk's birthday anniversary and the 75th anniversary of WKCR's broadcasting. Right. And then, six years ago, uh, after Jerry Allen passed, we did a Mm. wonderful program about her. And we're here tonight talking about and playing the music of McCoy Tyner. All those uh, archival shows, past shows are available to listen to right now in the Deep Focus podcast, and this one will join them next week. Yes. And it's, uh, you can get it on the phone in your pocket right now. You can, in fact, if you subscribe right now to Deep Focus, when this show that we're doing right now gets uploaded next week, you'll get a little notification. It'll be right there waiting for you. Wow! So if you're just tuning in now, if you missed part of the show, you can hear the whole thing even better actually it's going to be even better it will be better i'm I'm not even joking (laughs) am i vj Iyer is here with me i'm so pleased as punch having you back here with me one of my favorite people to listen to music with and you are performing at dizzy's at jazz at lincoln center columbus circle thursday through sunday this week june 15th to 18th 2023 very exciting band and i um, looking forward to making my way down there, and yes, sir. catching some of the real way. is a, this radio thing is a mere simulacrum. We're trying to do our best to approximate the <laughs> experience that one actually has when you but you have to here's the thing. you have to leave your house. You have to get yeah. off your furniture and go out into that big scary world <laughs> and cross the street and make your way to a place where it's happening now if you're fortunate enough to be in new york city as we are and you've got vijayar performing for you (laughs) this very week then uh your questions are answered but (laughs) i bet wherever you are there's an opportunity to be around the music for sure and wherever you are you'll be making it that much better by you being there and you're gonna come home you're going to come home a different person.
1: Yes, support your local artists. Support, support
2: your local music.
0: self.
1: That's right. Let, the, <laughs> let your local artists support you. Indeed, that's how it works, reciprocity. You
0: need, yes, you need that. <laughs> you need that in your life. Well, we did uh, Magically Transform, the magic of radio. We left Pori, 1973. We got into the WKCR time machine and magically reanimated in Washington, D.C.
1: in 1982. Tell us. Uh, This appears to be a benefit concert for the Urban Coalition at DAR Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C., May 14th, 1982. We heard McCoy Tyner playing this masterful and um, deeply resonant version of Prelude to a kiss the Duke Ellington composition this live recording is some kind of bootleg apparently made well the way it's reported here recorded from midway up the left side bleachers next to the stage so uh, onto cassette so this is um this is beyond archival this is kind of like basement kind of situation or I don't know this is yeah this is, this is what they call a bootleg. Um, and it's of particular interest because of what we're about to hear. I mean, what we just heard also, you know, it, from the distance and the vantage in this particular way that's been recorded, it sounds a little bit like a bar room piano. It's not, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's doing justice to the instrument, but you still manage to hear the way that Tyner's sound fills that space and really, um kind of engulfs it, you know. Uh, But what's about to happen is something pretty unique um, that probably didn't happen many times. Uh, I think that's very safe to say. Yeah, he's going to be joined by two different iconic saxophonists. One of them, the great Arthur Blythe, also known as Black Arthur, uh, is going to play... Uh, Monk, Thelonious Monk composition called "Ruby, My Dear," with Mr. Tyner. Then I dare—I feel like I shouldn't spoil it, but I gotta <laughs> say because it will probably just lead right into it. Um, uh, a young man by the name of Ornette Coleman. <laughs> this is a, this is unbelievable. Ornette Coleman is gonna play with McCoy Tyner, you guys. Yes, they're and, gonna and play, Arthur and Arthur Blythe. They're all gonna play a trio version. It's listed here as the straight lines in the circle, but I know this song as Space Church. This is one of uh, Ornette Coleman's compositions that I first heard on the album in all languages, which I used to play all the time when it came out. I used we, to listen to that. We never
0: discussed that. We have we never had never like
1: parallel, <laughs> u- parallel lives. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was but,
0: a very uh, important record for me.
1: For me too. Absolutely. And uh, I've even tried to play this piece from time to time. I remember I once played it with Montana Roberts. (laughs) Um, But it is not... There's no piano on the original, so it's not obvious what a pianist would do. Um, So we're about to find out. And since we're talking about it, I'll
0: say... uh, It's equally remarkable listening to Arthur Blythe and Ornette Coleman dance around one another Mm -hmm. on alto saxophones on this piece. And I I never really thought about it in these terms, but Arthur Blythe had to have been completely captivated by Ornette Coleman's playing. I mean, I don't remember him ever playing
1: any Ornette Coleman music, but I mean... No, I mean, so much of the world that those folks inhabited that generation of musicians was informed by by ornette Coleman and John Coltrane, like it basically was formed that space was created by them you know and and so certainly it's evident in Arthur Blythe's compositions and his ensembles and stuff, how, yeah, I mean, be- how indebted. He is just the whole architecture of the music and yeah. his approach to it, which was really
0: singular. I mean, despite the fact that yeah, thinking about it in these terms, think of Lenox Avenue breakdown. Yes, or, you yeah. know, I mean that. I don't know if that would have ever happened without part-time. no time, absolutely. And it's a whole other notion of how to put a band together and structure right. them around the music. So here and here they are playing, the two of them just with McCoy Tyner. This is. And it's, yeah. Remarkable. And so you'll
1: have to listen past the audio quality because the saxophones don't really sound like saxophones <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But just try to reach past it and, and receive what's in it, you know, um, but despite the surface quality. Like there's a lot
0: in here. So once again, you're going to hear McCoy Tyner and Arthur Blythe on Ruby My Dear. I think, I want to say this is around the time that Arthur Blythe made the album Light Blue. Mm. of all Monk compositions. True, yeah, that sounds about right. And this is actually also right on the wake of Monk's death. And it's probably maybe an all-time low point of Thelonious Monk was not regarded as the presence in the music then as he is now. Mm. But I think this was a, a very distinctive choice that they made. And not to mention, okay, We're talking about it. I'm going to go one level deeper. Since I'm here with you, Vijay Iyer is, in my book, one of the great monk scholars. Ruby, my dear, anything you want to say about that piece and playing that live
1: and as a choice? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, what can I say? It's it's hard to play. Uh, It has a sort of sentimental... You know, Monk had a sentimental side, uh, uh, that lyrical, um, but also kind of nostalgic, um, kind of energy. So a lot of a lot of his ballads have that have that sensibility. Uh, there's a there's a um, Well, it's, it's hard to, well, with a lot of Monk's compositions, either you play it exactly as he played it, or you play it wrong. Like, there's not really any middle ground. It's very hard to find, like, your own way through these pieces, because his imprint is on every part of it. You know, like, the way the harmonies move, the way it's phrased, and the kind of irregularities in the phrasing, um the the kind of uh strange cadences <laughs> um and the way he voiced it, which like you know if if you just play like f minor seven, then you're not really doing justice to what it is, like what's in his music, um so you have to kind of try to access his approach to the instrument uh beyond just like. Um The sort of lead sheet mentality that a lot of musicians bring to to music of the past, you know, so um yeah i I think we'll hear you know, I believe that monk I believe that McCoy Tyner was one of the all time great scholars of monk to be honest, I feel like that sensibility animates a lot of how he deals with the instrument, how he deals with the piano and um you know there's it's a different uh maybe the the sense of humor is different (laughs) you know but the sense of like the the intensity of sound and the way to access that on the piano is very similar so hearing mccoy tyner play monk is a special moment
0: it's a special moment you're listening to wkcr the show's called deep focus i'm your host mitch goldman DJ Iyer is at Dizzy's, <laughs> at Jazz at Lincoln Center, and Columbus Circle Thursday through Sunday this week, June 15th to 18th, and we should probably, uh, you don't happen to know the phone number off the top of your head by any phone chance, number, do you? People still use phones? <laughs> I don't know. Do they? No, nah. Go J- online. You could
1: go online to Jazz jazz.org. Jazz.org. Yeah, they got that, that website. Yeah. Yeah, how'd they get that?
0: They were first. <laughs> i guess so and um so yeah so uh once again if you're tuning in, in the middle it's um, may of 1982 there's a benefit concert for the urban coalition at the dar constitution hall have you played there i did a show there once no beautiful big beautiful real proper classical european style hmm. um concert hall and in washington dc And here we go. So you're going to hear two pieces. You're going to hear McCoy Tyner with Arthur Blythe playing Ruby, My Dear. And then McCoy Tyner, Arthur Blythe, Ornette Coleman joins them. Apparently, the bill also included Primetime, who they had just played previous Hmm. to this. And Ornette Coleman joins them for a piece here titled The Straight Line and The Circle. From the WKCR archives. Live music. Featuring McCoy Tyner Deep Focus. We could do it, we could do it. Of the American Revolution Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C., and it's a benefit in 1982. And you just heard McCoy Tyner with, as my guest Vijay R. was saying, maybe the only time this happened. I'm guessing, yeah. quite likely. And uh, we heard McCoy Tyner with Arthur Blythe. Playing Ruby My Dear, and then with Arthur Blythe and joined by Ornette Coleman for an original composition of his that was uh it's gone by several names, at least a couple.
1: And um But Mr. Coleman announced it as the straight line and the circle. But we have known it elsewhere as Space Church. But I've never heard it like that no. with um Mr. Tyner in there. Creating these great clouds of sound around that melody, that was a that was a new one, a new experience. Have you ever heard McCoy Tyner play like that? Um, have I heard him play like that? I'd say yes, um, certainly in Coltrane's later years that he was in it, and then also even you know there's elements of what when we were listening earlier to that concert in Pori, the way he would. Uh, you know, there there was a solo introduction he did to one of those tunes um, mm. that uh, had, I'd say, some similar qualities. And also there's that f- the album called First Meditations, the Coltrane record. I, you know, I think there's some similar elements in there, what McCoy is doing on that record to what we just heard. Um, it's kind of like, well, if what's given is the melody, then how do you rise to meet it? You know, how do you surround it or embrace it or support it or create these environments for that melody? That's kind of what he's doing. It's beyond just like, quote-unquote, harmonizing the melody. It's more like creating a, a space for it, a world for it to to move through.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that you know, that's one of the really interesting things about that album, in all languages, that... This melody appears on. Right. Is you've got a full, and the original was a two LP set. Yeah. One LP being the original quartet with. With Don Cherry, Charlie
1: Eden, and Higgins is on that one. Yes. Right? And then Primetime playing time, yeah. some of the same. Yeah, a lot, basically the same repertoire played by two different ensembles. Which is
0: a really clear illustration that how essential that is to Ornette Coleman's concept. And that that's a big part of what he was doing all those years was creating these sonic environments for him mm-hmm. to present his compositional ideas and his improvisations in. Yeah. And so here is like a whole other third possible universe
1: for that. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like the, the phrase I used was uh, "was uh, worlds colliding yeah. in that universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like these different... Um, Streams of you know these different ways of playing that were became so iconic, a decade or two dec- two decades earlier, um, now kind of converging in a way that, to, I'm not sure really ever happened before that or since. I mean, certainly like Coltrane played with, Ornette Coleman's rhythm section. You know, there's that, album The Avant Garde, with yeah. Don Cherry on yeah. it too. Yep. Yep. And um. And so there was that kind of, like, they would probably often appear in the same spaces and maybe do double bills or trade like that or, like, swap or sit in with each other. But this is like, uh, you know, I guess hearing a, only McCoy Tyner
2: <laughs> playing yeah.
1: with this this material, it's, it's a pretty special moment.
0: And we were talking earlier about that kind of received idea of McCoy Tyner that's, you know, like, double-fisted kind of... Dense courting and and what people sort of associate with him, which would really not, I don't think it's something he would ever do in this context. And I wouldn't, I can't imagine that it would be something Ornette Coleman would want to hear. And he brings this whole other kind of language to it that um, it's, as you said, it's creating a world. Mm. And I love hearing Arthur Blythe bring his alto saxophone mm-hmm. to the sound of Ornette Coleman's saxophone so different and he it's wow well, yeah there there's a whole there's a whole story to be written about how <laughs> he approached that and the way he kind of wraps the sound around
2: mm.
0: Ornette sound and then he comes up with that counterline. line yes yeah. really uh yeah you wanted to just have it opportunity to let's send that band out on tour for yes six right. months yeah let them and let them create a find out what happens create that whole universe mm-hmm. flesh it all out well you just heard every bit of it you just heard <laughs> all that's known to exist and right. sadly all three of these guys are gone yes do you um anything you compare that to i mean not musically but your in your experience are there these moments that is that something that was of its time or was this a one of a time to- one of a you know once in a it never happens again kind of thing, or have you had experiences on touring or playing where there's this one-off opportunity to play and and the opportunities that unfold from that? Or, or have musicians become so wedded to their own concept that they're less
1: open to that? I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I think there is a, a certain kind of like, um, you know, well, part of it, like, all these musicians were in the same world. Like they, they sort of saw each other all the time. They, you know, whether it was in New York, going to hear each other at clubs or, or, you know, the lofts, um, or on the festival circuit in Europe. Uh, you know, I remember when I played at um, Montreux one time and they let, they, they let us into their archives, you know, so you could just like take a, glimpse at like one corner of one shelf of reels and it's like one afternoon and it's like Nina Simone, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, Sun Ra Orchestra, Weather Report like that's just like right, (laughs) they're all just like on, you know, they were like one after the other, you know Um, so basically like it's no one was as far away as it might seem aesthetic just by looking at, you know, like um, who played with whom on, re- on what records and stuff like they're actually all kind of enthroned together constantly so um so the idea that there might be an encounter like this I mean actually stuff like this happens at festivals all the time, you know, and then sometimes it'll come out on a record and be like what what's David Murray doing playing with you know um I don't know, Abby Lincoln or something like yeah. that, like something yeah. that seems like this random occurrence, but it's really like it was a pretty small scene, actually, and so, you know, you know, no one was that far away, and even like, you know, what's the, well, you know what's a good example is that series of duo concerts and recordings that Cecil Taylor and Alvin Jones played together yeah. in the early 2000s, remember that? Sure, yeah, yeah. So that, it's like, yeah, you don't, tend to think of those two artists in the same breath but you know what they hung out all the time yes actually like starting at 4am there was that joint where it would be the two of them and Roy Haynes like you know at um drinking whiskey or something you know like that oh, that yeah. like night after night <laughs> you know so it wasn't so people might be friends but you don't necessarily associate them artistically uh but that kind of like simpatico kind of sensibility. Like, it's, it doesn't surprise me, I guess. You know, all of us just say, it doesn't surprise me that these three people could converge and respect each other enough to make some music together, you know, because that sounds about right. Like, they were all in it together, you know. I Yeah, I think
0: any one of them would say that if you can listen and respond... Right, then you're in the music. And yes, wherever it goes from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're listening to Deep Focus on WKCR. If you're just tuning in, you blew it so bad. <laughs> We've been here for going on three hours, and yeah, it's actually right. getting to be closing time. Chairs around the table, got the mops out. <laughs> but uh, you could catch all this on the Deep Focus podcast if you're listening live on the radio on. Uh, June 12th, 2023. Then you should know that Vijay Iyer is at Dizzy's Thursday through Sunday, this very week, the 15th to the 18th. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to be down there for that. And um in about a week's time, this program will be up on uh, the Deep Focus podcast and you can listen to your heart's content. And we are, we really just have a l- few minutes left so um we've got another fantastic recording from the from the archives and we're really going to put a spotlight on the playing of mccoy tyner and vijay
1: you want to walk us through this a little bit yeah this is a solo date from winnipeg manitoba canada winnipeg art gallery 1984 so not much longer not much later than what we just heard the thing we just heard was from 82 this is 84 um exact date unknown, uh, but it was recorded for CBC radio and sound quality is listed as A plus. So we've <laughs> got good. something to look forward to. It looks like we'll just get to hear a tune or two. It's it's you or no one, the standard, and then followed by ballad for Aisha.
0: My guest is Vijay Iyer. Should I say it one more time? <laughs> jazz.org jazz.org is the website for Jazz at Lincoln Center and leading a band into Dizzy's this coming week and the show's called Deep Focus the radio station is WKCR the host is Mitch Goldman and the subject is McCoy Tyner WKCR my voice over music can only mean one thing. The the bell is about to toll. Ugh.
1: It hurts. (laughs) It It hurts me.
0: It does.
1: Well, there's much more to say, much more more where this came from, and we should just do this again. We should do a part two, because McCoy is endless.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, uh, you're listening to WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD 89.9 FM, WKCR... .org. It all goes up on the Deep Focus podcast uh, one week hence. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Vijay Iyer's been here with me. Thank you so much for giving me, giving us three hours of your time and attention and thoughtful responses to the music.
1: Well, always an honor. And, uh, you know, the music is its own reward. I feel so nourished just sitting here listening, yeah. sitting here with Mr. Tyner and his, and his world.
0: If something we said or presented tonight struck a chord for you, you want to be at Dizzy's (laughs) Thursday through Sunday of this week here in New York City, June 15th to 18th, 2023. Vijay Iyer is going to be leading the band in there. Special note for those of us who deeply appreciate the music of Graham Haynes will be there on the bill Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And um, what else do we
1: leave them? Oh, um, well, next time I'll be playing in New York is at Town Hall in September with this dear friend of mine, the great Aruj Aftab, an incredible vocalist and bassist Shazad Ismaili. We have a project. We put out an album called Love in Exile, came out a couple months ago. We've been touring all around and uh, excited to share that music with you live.
0: What's the date of that at Town Hall?
1: I believe it's September 14th. September 14th on West
0: 43rd Street, Town Hall, Vijay Iyer with Arujaf Tab and Shazad Ismaili. And this is on the Verve label, available right now. It's just come out. Beautiful, um, multi-format LP, CD. Are there 8-tracks? Yeah. Are there-, there...
1: Well, you can stream it, you can download it, and you can listen in Atmos now, which is actually a pretty, I have to say, I'm a believer. It's a pretty spectacular experience.
0: I haven't experienced it yet. I've been hearing about it. This is a an immersion.
1: Yeah, it's it's a streaming only surround format. That you can do it with. You have like uh, uh, AirPods or the new Apple whatever they're called <laughs> the head the headgear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's pretty. It actually works. It works very well on Apple Music. You can hear it
0: there. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Love in Exile. Love in Exile. The J.I.R.'s collaborative new release on the Verve label. All right. Well, uh, man, I hate to pull the plug.
1: Well, please go listen to more McCoy Tider.
0: There it is. There it is. We're going to end it right there. Good night.